Welcome to Grace in 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. This is Ed Malik, and I'm joined by my co-host Sal Dietry. Sal, you excited about tonight? Ed, an exciting new museum and really a powerful movement to refocus our nation on the Bible is coming to Washington, D.C. I'm excited. I'm talking about the Museum of the Bible being built just two blocks from the nation, National Mall, three blocks from the Capitol building. Its grand opening is November 17th, and within, get this, a 430,000 square foot building. It will provide guests with an incredible, never-before-seen, immersive, personalized experience as they engage the history narrative impact of the Bible. Nothing of this nature has been created in this country, and I dare say the world. It comes at a time of great need in our country to refocus on Scripture, grace, and engagement with our neighbors and our communities. You know, we're lucky to be joined tonight by Dr. William Geis. He's the Director of Church Engagement for the Museum. Listeners, you're going to hear how your local church and congregation can come and volunteer and be part of the Museum of the Bible. You know, William, my friend, are you on the line? Welcome to Grace in 30. Uh, Thanks so much for having me. Great that you could join us. I figured we'd kick off. I've heard uh, from a couple of sources that the stated goal of the museum is to reacquaint the world with a book that helped to make the world, to help shape it, and let visitors draw their own conclusions based on that. Tell us a little bit about how the Bible has, in fact, shaped the world. If you were to go back and look, uh, I believe Life magazine, and uh, a few uh, years back, had an, an article that they listed the most impactful moments um, of the past thousand years um, and number one on their list was that Gutenberg prints the Bible it wasn't the printing press or what Gutenberg did it's the fact that Gutenberg printed the Bible and the Bible has been a book um, and even before it was a book I mean it was teachings and ideas that were passed along and passed around among communities that have helped shape our world with some of the um, the greatest teachings that we have, some of the the most basic to some of the most complex ideas that we have and that things that we have pursued have all come from this book and the ideas that have come from it and the teachings that have come from it, um, not just in this country but around the world. So I know some of the big themes in the Bible are, are love and justice, and and they've been behind many of the great social justice movements, abolition of slavery, civil rights movements. What other things have the Bible contributed to? What sort of movements have been sparked by this book? When you come to our museum, I think that that's one of the questions that you're going to see answered pretty quickly. You're going to see in the museum how the Bible has impacted uh, science. You're going to see how the Bible has impacted, believe it or not, fashion. Uh, One of the largest uh, couture fashion shows that happened in New York in 2015 was biblically based. And so we actually have a number of those pieces, and you're going to see how the Bible has shaped and affected clothes. You're going to see how the Bible has shaped and affected music around the world, not just church music, but music uh, in general. I mean, obviously, all different forms of art that the Bible has impacted, and even there's uh, displays in the museum when we open about how the Bible has impacted government, um, how it has impacted business. I mean, the Bible and its teachings have have permeated our existence, you know, and, and oftentimes we probably don't even know the ends to which they do. Look, you, you raise a, a great point, William. Nothing of this magnitude has ever been done before. I mean, this collection of uh, Bible artifacts, of culture of the Bible, has never been brought uh, together like this. 
in the world. T- tell us about some of the breadth and quality of the artifacts. I, I've been following you all a little on Twitter, and I'm always just amazed when you show something and say, this will be available at the Museum of the Bible. And I keep saying, oh, I want to see this. I, I'd love to see this next one. Tell us about some of the, the quality, some of the other aspects that uh, people will experience when they, when they come in the door. We oftentimes joke that you, when you come to the museum, you'll see everything from Dead Scroll, Dead Sea Scroll fragments to Elvis Presley's Bible. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it is a wide-ranging set of, of pieces. And, um, and so we can start with, you know, with Dead Sea Scroll fragments. Um, we have you know, pieces that we uh, own that will be there. Um, we're also the world's second largest owner of Torah scrolls, but also through relationships with people like the Israeli Antiquities Authority, um, who will be bringing pieces over. Um, our relationships that we have with the Vatican Museum, um, the archive, the library, they will be bringing and moving some pieces over as well. Um, you know, pretty much I would can say that in, in all of our pieces obviously won't be displayed at one time. They will be, you know, transitioned in and out, and you'll see different things at different points that you'll be there, and then different partners will have different pieces there. But pretty much any major biblical imprint, um, you know, that, that you can think of, we will either have a piece or a whole one, or through a partnership we'll have one there um, at some point. I mean, this is, it's, this is a, it's this very, very interesting, you know, it's this world-class museum um, bringing together all of these pieces of biblical antiquity. Even, you know, we mentioned Gutenberg earlier, even seeing some of the things that were done right then when he began to, to print books the way he did, to, um, you know, not joking anymore, but we do have a Bible from Elvis Presley. We have a Bible that's been to the moon, the world's smallest Bible. And so you'll get to see all of these pieces. And and besides the fact that they've never been assembled in this way before, at, at this quality and in such an immersive way, we can for sure say it will have never been done technologically the way that this is being done. We, we believe the technology that's here um, is far above and beyond anything that you'll You'll see in most museums, for sure, and even, you know, when you think about, like, uh, amusement park and those types of things, this is very, very high-level, um, sophisticated electronics, and even not just electronics, but presentation, because what we're trying to do is create this space where every person, no matter where they are, where no matter where they come from, where they can engage with this book, and it meets them where they are, and it's a safe place for them to bring their questions and explore. And we believe in the the stories and the power of this book. Yeah, so I, you know, it shape and change their lives. It, it it as you talk, what really I think is is powerful. It, it's sort of coming to my mind is this idea of walking through history and seeing that people have been using the Bible throughout all throughout history and and throughout. Um, the Middle Ages and throughout other periods and, and, and in the modern times and the presidents have used it and at times of great struggle and that you know communities use it and that, that it is a living thing that has been so dominant in our society for so long um, you know that one can really experience that journey uh, as you go through the Museum of the Bible. I mean I think that's really compelling. Absolutely and I don't know if, if you guys have gotten to see it yet. We just um, almost two weeks ago began our, our first nationwide you know, television commercial. Um, you can see it online at MOTB, um, you know, the letters from Museum of the Bible, MOTB.TV. 
And that thing that you just said is exactly what that commercial does. It just takes you through these moments in history where you see the 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 Bible stories being passed along, you know, through uh, at one point they're around the fire telling the stories to each other, and then you see them begin to be assembled on pages, and you see the printing press, and you see it brought to America, and you see it as part of, you know, the, of social justice work, and and that's exactly right. It's just this opportunity to see throughout history and throughout different places in our world how the Bible is, has made an impact and how it's there for everyone. So a couple things. First is that uh, I got an email, because I'm on a mailing list, that says that okay. the admission is now free, like like the, some of the other major uh, museums, and that they basically are suggesting donations. But people can come and visit the museum for free. So that's correct? Right, that is correct. Okay, and also another thing that's important is, you know, this is a, a non-sectarian, non-political, non-preaching uh, type of museum. You're just basically there to, to lay out the information and the facts and let people make their own judgments, correct? That That is correct. There's there's no big, you know, spiel. There's no sermon at the end. Um, we're not sitting everybody down and taking an offering or, you know, or anything <laughs> like that. I mean, it's... It is you come and explore just like you would, you know, if you were at one of the Smithsonian museums. And in the free part, I, that, I want to come back to that because the museum is free. Um, it is open for everyone. Now, we'll say this. We're expecting big crowds. So if you know that you're coming and you know the dates that you're coming, um, you can go to our website and reserve tickets, reserve times. Now, the tickets are free, but they help you get a time and a day so that way you don't have to show up and, and wait in line. Um, but it is, it's free to get into the museum. Um, if you would like a guided tour, um, you do pay for those. But every person that comes in actually gets a, a digital docent. Um, it's this, uh, this piece of hardware and software that we've created. That will actually, um, it's basically, uh, it's a little smaller than an iPad mini. Um, and it's going to guide you around the museum based on the traffic flow in the museum. Um, it's got different educational levels where you can plug into it, and while you are visiting the museum, it will show you things on the iPad. It's going to talk to you. Um, you can even save or mark the things that you're interested in, and we can print those out for you, or you can come back to them later after your visit. Um, you can even let us know, hey, this is something I'm really, really interested in. And so every time you get more about this, I'd like to know, and we can update you. Uh, that, that sounds really so, cool. I, I, I yeah. love the sound of that. Let's dive into something deep. I mean, I, my, my question is, if there's someone that's listening and they're an agnostic or maybe they're just a skeptic, why should people care about this book called the Bible? Well, back to our, I think it's back to our opening points. It is, this book... For you know, from a lot of different perspectives, from a lot of different ways, it is it has shaped our world. It has shaped so much of of our thinking, um, the way that we do family, the way that oftentimes governments are set up, the way that we do community together, the way that we've formed hospital systems, the way that we've you know formed different social justice work. I mean, it's it just goes on and on and on. And so when you, when you come to this museum. Uh, just to reiterate, it's a it's a safe space. I mean, it's not a place where anybody is 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 coming after you. You come and you you explore just like you would any other other museum. Um, and what you're going to find is the museum is set up in 
in really in three different main sectors. There's the, the impact floor, and that's going to show you a lot of the things like that we have just talked about. It's going to show you different places that the Bible has impacted the world, social justice, fashion, um, education, government, America, uh, the prison systems, music, and those will all be there. Then there's the, the history floor, and this will be the one that is the most artifact heavy. It's where you're going to see, you know, how the Bible came together and how the Bible has been been presented in different parts of the world. You know, one of the questions I get, I'm I'm on the road a pretty good bit talking about the museum, and I often get asked a lot of times, you know, generally by by Christians, um, you know, what what translation are you using? And my answer is, well, everyone we can find. Our stories, our story is not to tell the history of one story or one group's take or just one look at this book. You know, it's in the history of the world. This is what these ideas have meant. This is what they've done. This is how they've been put together. And we obviously can't tell every story at once, but, I mean, we hope to tell as many as we can. Then the, the last four, after the, the, we have the history floor and the impact floor, we have the narrative floor, which does tell stories from the Bible. There's a um, a Jewish Testament or, you know, an Old Testament side, and then there's a, a New Testament uh, side as well. And you'll see different stories uh, that come from those two different divisions of the Scriptures. So, William, let's take a step back and talk about how all of this came together. Um, who had the original vision for this museum, and when did they have that, and, and how did it start just sort of piecing together and developing over the past several years? Well, our our founding patrons, um, the people that really kind of helped get the project um, off the ground, are the Green family uh, from Hobby Lobby. Um, And they got the project growing and and began to recruit and surround themselves with with some amazing people. I've just been blown away over the you know the two years that I've that I guess that I've been working on this project how the just the quality of people that have come in to to work and to be part of this and from all kinds of backgrounds um it's it's just amazing to see so the the nonprofit was formed in 2010 um the building that we found there um you know here or we found here that's just you know a couple of blocks off the mall uh was a building that was built in the early 20s um the first refrigerated warehouse in the city. And so we were able to acquire that building and and remodel it. You know, it's a historic building, so we we kept the outside and hopefully are refurbishing it and making it just look outstanding. Um, And then gutted it and started over on the inside to to create this amazing experience, which will be Museum of the Bible. So it it started with the Green family. Um, It's grown over these past six years. And at this point, Point, um, there are over 50,000 people in around the world, actually I almost said in the United States, 50,000 people around the world who have given something to make this project happen. It's, it's a billion-dollar project. Um, the museum itself there uh, to get open uh, you know, here in the city is, is $600 million of that. But beyond that, just like the Smithsonian's or the British Museum or, or other museums, we are, you know, we have research programs. We have traveling exhibits. We have educational initiatives. And so we, we're working to fully fund those as well. Well, and people are also giving in uh, non-monetary ways. Uh, I, I tell Sal several times I've been down there to pray and sing. Um, there's some people I know who 
head up a worship group at a local church, and uh, they told me I found out they were going down there once a month about a year and a half ago. So I headed down with them once a month, three, four, five times, and uh, it, it was there barely were walls on the building, and we just put on our hard hats and our our gloves and our vests and went in and, and did our thing. So I know a lot of people have been supporting the museum in that way as well. Well, you know, Ed, I've, I've heard you sing, and, and I guess we, we will consider that a contribution of some kind. Uh, you know, yeah, William, the, the scripture I, says to make a joyful noise. So, there you yeah, go. Yeah. And noise was made for sure. So, William, I want to shift to your role. And, and for listeners, this is this is the big gotcha. It's time to get involved in this. Right. And and you are out there, uh, you know, looking for churches who want to volunteer and actually participate in this, which I, I can only imagine being there and being in the building and helping people through this incredible experience has got to be such an uplifting Opportunity. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing and uh, how churches and communities uh, nationwide can can jump in and get involved. We've been asking churches um, for really for two years, um, just uh, across the world again, but you know, majorly focusing here in the states to to be our partners, to be our allies, and what that really means on on their side of things is one is just helping to tell the story, just making people aware. Um, we do believe that this is a significant cultural moment. Nothing has ever been done like this. We we have just seen this come together, and, and we believe in its importance and believe in, in where it is. And who, kn- who knows all the whys, but maybe one day we will. But we do believe that there's something special about this work and special about this place and, and the timing of it. So we've asked churches to, to help tell our story. Um, we also are asking churches on November the 17th, at uh, 11.17 a.m., so 11.17 at 11.17 a.m., if you have church bells, to ring your bells. Um, And so we're hoping to do that um, across the country, and we're already working to enlist as many churches as we can. And um, if people have questions about that, um, they can contact me, and I can connect them with that program. You know, one thing, especially just because of of this audience and and where you guys are, we are recruiting and signing up volunteers um, actively right now. And we would love for people to to go to our website to sign up. It's um, museumofthebible.org and slash volunteer. Um, And there there are all kinds of different roles that that we are looking for people to play. Um, And I can't imagine. I know every time that I walk someone through the construction site that is the museum right now, it's just such a rewarding thing. It's just mesmerizing um, all that's coming together there. I I can't imagine what it would be like to be there on a daily basis or a couple, three times a week just helping people get through it. it, what an amazing experience. And so um, the other thing I would say is, is, you know, just besides telling the story and volunteering, is, uh, you know, sharing, uh, if you're a person that's online a lot, just sharing the content that we have, whether it's the the Bible Minute videos that we post every day. I mean, there's a, a video that comes out every morning from the museum that's very easily shared. And again, the short film that just came out at MOTB.TV is a great place for people to see the quality of the work that's being done here. It, it is an unbelievable short film. Um, just feels epic in, in stature. Yeah, what what impresses me is just, you know, the resources that are available to churches and communities uh, to get involved, but also just online. I mean, you offer really world-class educational 
opportunities for all grade levels for people to to start experiencing uh, the Bible in different ways, in modern ways, using multimedia, using social media. Um, and, and it really, I would encourage everyone to go to your website uh, and, and, and just absorb as much as you can because there are some really incredible opportunities. And, you know, there's always school children that make uh, trips to D.C., every year and and what an incredible uh, thing to to spend a little bit of time and donate some time um at the museum of the bible i think you know often groups will come here to soak up uh, history and sort of give kids a sense of a pride in our country and what a great opportunity to stop in and spend you know even maybe just a half a day volunteering in some way at the museum of the bible Absolutely. And you touched just a second on the, the educational piece. On our, on our website, there's various forms of our educational curriculum, and it is, it's just top-notch. You know, if you were to, to Venn diagram my religious background, it's, I, I, my circles are all over the place. I'm not exactly sure where I would exactly land. And when the first ones came out, I was a, a little skeptical. I'm like, you know, what is this going to look like? What, you know, are we really staying in the middle of the road here and just working on the history and impact? And and I got on a plane in California, and I actually realized about the time that I landed that I had just read all the way through a high school Bible curriculum because it was so good. I just kept reading. I was like, wow, this is this is good stuff. So I think people would be very impressed with it. Look, we, we always ask uh, our listeners to give sort of calls to action to, uh, or we ask our guests to give a call to action to listeners. But before we ask you to do that, though, I want you to share with people, you know, how you got to this point. Because a lot of our guests get to some place where they are called to their higher purpose. And and we've had people, you know, we had a fireman on Arlington County who had never left the country, you know, got down on his hands and knees and said, God, if you want me to go help these people in Haiti, you got to send me. You know, more than five years later, he now solely leads and feeds and takes care of a 250-child school on a forgotten wow. island. And the power that God can can open our eyes to be that light. Share with us a little bit about your story. When you and I talked, I was really interested in how you got to this moment. Spend about a minute or two doing that, if you could. Yeah, I was uh, I was a pastor for about 18 years and had left doing pastoral work to finish up a, a doctorate to do my research on that. And I got finished up, and my plan was always to go back to church work and adjunct a little bit, and uh, when my kids got out of school, move somewhere and teach, and so I got finished with that degree, and since then, I've actually have not gone back to full-time church work, and um, I was actually doing a, a number of things before I began my time with the, with the museum. I was um, a mediator. I was doing some contract um writing and some research lots and i was adjunct teaching some here and there lots of little different things and i actually um i got hit with a really severe case of bell's palsy um in early 2015 and it you know half my face did not work and it it shut me down pretty good um probably best messed with my ego a lot more than what i would want to admit or what i would have thought it would have um, but I kind of became a hermit in a whole lot of ways and was just kind of doing the work that I could find and do from the house because I just didn't want to be front of people a whole lot. And that began to, to clear up in, in August of that year, about mid-August of that year, and, and started to get better. And it was something, it was just something in my family. We just had to put our heads down and pray and, and kind of persevere through. And um, 
my my family was amazing through it and i have a, a good friend who who works with the museum who um you know called me on a monday at lunch and said hey i um and i knew that he had been with the museum just a short time it's not had just gotten going he's like hey we've got this position and you know would you kind of be interested in doing this and and I thought, yeah, that would be great. That would be amazing. And so that was Monday about lunchtime. And on Thursday of that week, I live in Nashville. So on Thursday of that week, um, I was in Denver at my first event and have been running pretty much since then, since late August of uh, or really, I guess, early September of 2015. And getting to to do what has probably been the joy of my life, getting to travel and tell people about this museum and help them to find ways to get involved. Well, I can I can feel it in the way you're talking that you're you're definitely fired up about what you're doing, which is a beautiful thing. So maybe that's a good transition into just a call to action. I mean, any, anything that's on your heart uh, or mind, any way you'd like to challenge listeners, any way you'd like to to put to rest any uh, misperceptions, anything like that. What, what would you like to share with the listeners? Well. You know, I come back one. You know, just the the volunteering piece. We, you know, we're at the place to where um, this thing is happening. We're 65 days out from opening, and you know, we we I, I'm a Christian, a believer. I you know, like I said, I was a pastor for a number of years. Um, I'm actually fourth generation pastor in my family. We we have wanted something like this for decades, and it's here, and so it's it's. I encourage people all the time, it's, it's time to get on the bus. It's how, how do you do that? How do you find a way to be a part? Is it going to the website and finding out how to volunteer? Is it just sharing a video? Is it getting your church involved, you know, telling the story? Is it bringing your church to the museum so that they can see this? Is it bringing your school? Um, you know, I guess my encouragement would be just get go to the website and find a place to jump in and find a way to, to be a part of this, whether it's visiting, volunteering, telling the story, however you choose to do that. And I will say this, on October the 1st, um, we're actually having this local preview event um, that the North Star Network is hoping, uh, hosting um, at Mount Olive Baptist Church in Centerville. Did I say that right? Is it Centerville? Yeah, great organization, okay. by the way, North Star. They were a guest on this show, one of our first guests. Incredible organization. And they they have been so amazing to work with, and they are working so hard on this event. And so you can find out information about it on their website. Um, we're doing two different uh, presentations, one at 4.30 and one at 6.30. You'll get to see, you know, uh, some some of our technology. It's just going to be a great little preview of what's going on. So if you're around, it'd be well worth your time to drop by. Well, look, William, thank you so much. You know, like I said, 30 minutes flies, and... and uh, <laughs> We we want to thank you, uh, you know Ed. We we got to scalp some tickets and get down there for the opener. You know, I, I think we need to be there on opening night. Look, it, it, the museum just it's just amazing, and and it fills us with such great joy. I encourage listeners find out more about the Museum of the Bible. Check them out on their website, museumofthebible.org, and check out that movie at motb.tv. More information will be posted on our Facebook, Twitter, and web pages. Follow the Museum of the Bible on Twitter. Amazing, amazing things every day. A replay of this show uh, can be found at the graceand30.com website and wera.fm. Ed, my friend, talk us out of here. This is Ed and Sal signing off from Grace and 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Have a great night and be sure to tune into Grace. Grace.